You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What's up, Out of Bounds Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. Come with us, Out of Bounds, as we discuss and debate the latest topics in the world of sports. We have a great show ahead, so let's get to it. A one-point game. started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the great western form I knew one thing was real I fell in love with you a love so deep I gave you my all from my mind and body to my spirit and soul as a six-year-old boy deeply in love with you I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. 
But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one. Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Harrison. This podcast is the full show for today's episode. We have a great show lined up. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Harrison. Today I have a special guest on the show. Big Baby Jonathan from the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast is on the show today. Um, Huge Laker fan. I met him on Instagram. And I thought I was a super fan, but I think I've met my match. So I'm going to introduce you to uh, the Big Baby Jonathan podcast. Uh, Big Baby Jonathan, are you on? Yeah, I'm on. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. So um, I want to start by, you know, briefly, um, if you want to go into, um, you know, going and you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast. Oh, um, I'm Jonathan Sawful, a.k.a. Big Baby Jonathan. Um, I talk about the Lakers. NBA and some NFL, MLB, NHL sometimes, but overall it's just Lakers on my channel. I love what I do. I'm very passionate. And this Friday I got Clipper Darrell on, so you guys don't want to miss that. Most definitely. I'm definitely going to be tuned in this Friday to, to get his take on those Clippers for sure. So the first um, topic I want to uh, kind of, you know, ask you about. So how you um been holding up during this, this time, you know, not being able to cover Laker games on your show? Um, and also, how are you uh, managing through the you know the quarantine phase of our nation right now? Um, I'm doing good. I'm just keeping busy, um, doing different things for my show, like talking about greatest Laker teams of all time. Just doing different things. You know, I know the Lakers season um, is on hold right now, but I'm implementing different topics for my show, and I'm staying busy. Right on. Um, so, just kind of diving into those greatest Laker teams in your you know, uh, opinion, which Laker team was the best in your opinion? In my, in my opinion, I, cause I really never watched like magic and Kareem. So I'm gonna have to go with like 2010 Lakers for me, 2000 Lakers. I liked what they had is Powell, Kobe, Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, Shannon Brown, Farmar, Vujicic. I just like that team. It was a great coach team by Phil Jackson. We were hungry that year. Um, overall, that's my favorite team of all time. Now my, my, um, I, I like the, the Shaq and Kobe era for, for me, for sure. Um, but I also did like that 2010 Lakers squad, too, because, like you said, they were hungry. You know, they didn't really have, like, the big-name superstars. And they did get Pau Gasol um, from, I believe, Memphis. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, what they was able to accomplish to finally beat the Celtics, I mean, it was just so gratifying for me to finally, you know, get over that hump because in 2008, as you know, we lost uh, the finals to the Celtics and, you know, it was pretty bad. You know, we um, lost a lot of uh, blowout games. The last and final game was a, was a, was a route. And for us to, you know, finally get back to the finals to play Boston because the year before, um, you know, we played Orlando, and then the next year after that, we was able to, you know, get the Celtics again. So how did you feel about that series um, the second time around against the Boston Celtics? Um, the second time was good because we uh, got revenge, but the first time we lost by 39 points. That uh, ruined my summer, but we learned from that series when we got when we lost by a lot. We learned from it. We figured out how to play better from it, and Pau Gasol got tougher. Kobe made Pau tough after – they got bullied after Pal got bullied. Pal played more physical in the next two championships, and we actually learned something from it. And I'm actually happy that that happened because we want to straight championships from that. Now, we're talking about Lakers here. We're talking about a story franchise. They're um, right now they're second in all time championships. Um, what about this current Laker team? You know, our season got suspended. We we're not able to um, actually, you know, know exactly when they're going to be coming back. But we did get some insight on them kind of loosening the stay-at-home uh, order, so they're letting teams allowed into the facility. Now, I did listen to your podcast, um, you know, on this very topic about the governor not being, you know, very willing to, you know, bend on certain things. So living in um, California and, and knowing that this um, how this virus has impacted so mi- so much. Do you have any uh, updates on anything that the uh, listeners can, you know, kind of hang their hat on about getting Laker basketball back in some kind of capacity? Um, I don't have any updates about that, but uh, I was reading about um, the May 8th that the NBA is going to let everybody practice. You know what I mean? So hopefully Lakers can, because I know ours is in California May 15th. So hopefully as soon as May 15th hits, let's go. You know, but I know LeBron's probably – I bet you LeBron has an open gym in his house – He's, he's a millionaire, so he should have a basketball court. Same with AD. So all these players that are like kind of complaining, oh, we might be behind. You guys are athletes. You guys have a gym in your house, you know? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's funny you had mentioned that because right before we got onto this show, um, I was watching, you know, some Instagram videos, and, and LeBron is definitely grinding. It looks like he bulked up, bulked up a little bit too, got, you know, some more muscle on, man. I think that um, – you know, going into this part of the season, we, I know for sure LeBron is going to be ready. It's just the the continuity and the the having the team together and having that chemistry. That's the only thing that I'm worried about. Because if you remember how the season ended, we had just beaten the full strength Clippers. We also beat the Bucks, so we had all the momentum in the world. We were second in the NBA um, record wise, uh, first in the West. It just felt like we were just robbed because we had all the momentum pushing into the playoffs. So how did you feel once the season was suspended and with all that momentum we had just came to a screeching halt? Um, I was uh, upset that the season got suspended, but I understood it at the same time. The Lakers were riding high. We did beat the fully healthy Clipper team, but their Clipper fans are saying, oh, it's 2-1 record. Okay, I ain't tripping about that. We beat Milwaukee. Uh, Kumpo couldn't guard LeBron, and LeBron turned up. And we were just riding high, and then we lost to Brooklyn, and then season was over. Now, um, 2020 see, uh, overall has been crazy with the whole Kobe thing. Now this, and if the Lakers come back, 
or the season comes back and the Lakers win the championship this season, it'll be the most craziest season I've been a part of with the whole corona, coronavirus stop at the season, come back and win the championship. That would be one of the craziest seasons I've been a part of if that happened. Now, Big Baby Jonathan, I know that you are a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. Mm-hmm. Can the Lakers get this thing done? Oh, yeah, most definitely. LeBron's hungry. AD's hungry. The whole team is hungry. You know what I mean? Um, certain players like Danny Green said he's willing to play basketball without fans, and I'm okay with it watching it from home with no fans. You know what I mean? It's basketball. It's better than nothing on. I mean, consider the alternative, what we're going through right now. Like, we're watching the last dance, you know, almost 30 years of old basketball footage of Michael Jordan and the Bulls. You know, don't get me wrong. It's it's cool um, to watch and, you know, kind of, like, learn some insights. But I'm ready for, you know, live games. I'm ready for the Lakers to get back to it. Um, you know, I've been a fan for a very long time. You've been a fan for a very long time. Like, we're longing for this season to, to have a completion. Now, I did um, – read some reports and it's not um, founded yet. There's been some NBA players, um, you know, kind of um, buffing it saying that it's not true, but some people are saying that the season that some execs and agents are trying to push for them to um, cancel the season. And I did um, read a tweet from LeBron saying that this is untrue. So have you heard anything about that? Um, Yeah, I got a tweet from a, Somebody on Twitter um, about R.C. Beefer, the the executive from the Spurs, talking about he's talking to executives and other NBA execs around the league, and all indications is them to return to play. Yeah, I would hate for this to uh, be canceled, especially with the way our season was going and what we need to accomplish. We have to win this championship, considering what we went through with losing Kobe Bryant at the beginning of the year. Um, right after LeBron uh, moved past him, on the scoring list. I mean, it just came at the worst time because we was just figuring out. We got everyone um, up to speed. Everyone seemed like they was gelling pretty good, and we was marching towards the playoffs like I previously stated. So my mind, you know, we have to, you know, dedicate this season and this championship to Kobe. Your thoughts on that? Almost definitely, man. We we should dedicate the season to Kobe and championship. You know, like after that happened, and after he passed away, we had that game off that Friday. Um, the vibe was off, and I knew we were going to lose that game. You know, but we came out, competed at the highest level, battled. But we we just we just I don't know the energy from the Lakers that night was off. But yeah, Lakers need to get this championship for Kobe Bryant, man. We need we need that championship for Kobe. Now, my next question for you. Um, Take me back to that day. I know it's kind of hard for you. It was hard for me. Um, I was sitting at a restaurant. My mother texted me. She knows I'm a huge Laker fan and broke the news to me. I didn't want to believe it. Um, My story is kind of like a lot of people, you know, didn't want to believe it, didn't think it was true. But once it was confirmed, how did you feel? And take me to, you know, to that day uh, about what you had going on previously and how'd you get addressed with the news? Um, I, I was helping my mom move into her new work office, me and my cousin, and I was helping her. Um, I put some bags down, got a notification, bing, 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 look on my phone, TMZ reports, Kobe dies in the helicopter night, and I just stay stuck looking at it. And like for about five minutes, and my cousin's like, what's that? What's going on? I, go, I don't want to tell you, bro. I don't want to tell you. And then he's like, you better tell me, bro. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. And I just dropped the phone, and then I'm like, just stay in shock, and then my cousin sees it. He's in shock. My mom's in shock. My uncle's in shock that came, walked in the room. And I was just like, did this really happen? 
And as soon as they confirmed it, I started bawling out crying, like tear, like really crying. And uh, it was a sad day, you know? Man, just as a fan, you know, following his career, I was a freshman in high school when I first started really, you know, locking in and watching Laker games and seeing what this team was uh, about. It was a special team. It was, you know, first time that we, um, you know, could possibly win the title that year with um, with Phil Jackson and Shaq and Kobe. And Kobe was really the reason why I even started wanting to, you know, take a big interest in watching basketball. My thing was football. I love football. I thought that, you know, I possibly could have, you know, done something with football, but, you know, life happens. And, I, I didn't, you know, move towards football. But Kobe was one of the reasons why I even picked up a basketball and didn't have an interest in wanting to play basketball. And, you know, I followed him throughout his whole entire career. You know, I've had a lot of sports debates with, you know, a lot of people about Kobe and against their favorite players and, and things like that. So whenever I heard that he passed away, you know, I was really stunned. I was heartbroken because Kobe – had an illustrious NBA career, but the second phase of his career, you know, pushing forward women's basketball, mentoring um, his daughter, Gigi, she had a shot to be um, in the WNBA because Kobe was, you know, training her. Kobe was, was with her every step of the way. And you can kind of see some of that mama mentality in her as well in her play. So how do you feel about, his second phase of his project, you know, pushing forward his Mamba Academy, women's basketball, his mentorship to his daughter. How do you feel about that as a fan to know that we won't be able to see um, Kobe take his Hall of Fame speech? We won't be able to see Gigi um, get announced at the WNBA. Um, they, we did sit here uh, the honorary pick, but what, you know, what could have been? Yeah, man, what could that have been, man? But Kobe's a winner on the court and off the court with his books, his academy and stuff. He's overall, he'll be missed. And uh, it's going to be tough to watch the Hall of Fame. Shaq said he's not going to even watch the Hall of Fame um, inductee ceremony because he said it's going to bring back emotions. Like, the emotions are, he says, starting to go away. But if you watch it, they're just going to come back and stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be a very sad day when Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett are inducted and they bring up Kobe, and it's going to be so emotional for people. I don't think I don't, certain people are not going to watch it. That's how I feel. I mean, don't you get the sense of that it's kind of weird that you have those two guys, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, t- players that he's battled against uh, mm-hmm. throughout the years, and then Kobe's not even going to be there? I mean, it's just really hard. It's kind of weird, like this, how this all played out. And for me, I don't know about you, it's really still, you know, shocking, and it's still like, like, I can't believe it's true. Like, like sometimes, like, when I'm talking to people and, you know, Kobe's name come up, you know, I'm still talking about basketball. I'm still talking about, you know, what Kobe would have done. But then it hits me. Kobe's not here anymore. Kobe, like, is not walking this earth anymore. He's not here. And I'm faced with that reality. And it's just like peeling off a scab off of a wound again, and it just never heals. Yeah, man, I – Totally agree. Cause for me, like uh, every time I'm just like um, thinking about Kobe, I go to his highlights, and then I'm like, let me see if anything new for Kobe. And I'm like, okay. And then I just get like, I still like, I don't believe it. You know, I don't believe it. I always have to look, and I see, rest in peace, Kobe. I'm like, okay. And then it hits me again. And then I read a book because I have that uh, Kobe Bryant book. It's a good book, and I read it. And then 
I just start breaking down, you know, and then finally hits me, you know. Yeah. I still don't. I still don't believe it. It's crazy. Yeah, and and he was um, transitioning. I don't know if you knew about the children's books he was writing. I actually picked up one of his um, children's book. Um, it was about tennis, and uh-huh. it was the book was actually uh, made like a tennis ball. It was the book is called Legacy in the, in the Queen, uh-huh. and the narration in there, Felicia Rashad, she does the the narration because I like to read the the audio books and. Um, listen to like all the dramatization now it's a, it's a, it's meant for like a like a maybe like a teenage um child mm-hmm. but you know you can find value in it because it's basically using sports to to show like you know teamwork perseverance and things like that and you know a lot, a lot of people know but Kobe was really articulate and very smart like I listened to like a lot of his um interviews and even after he passed I even listened to more interviews and just listening to this guy's intellect, how he, you know, break things down. And, man, he it's never going to be another Kobe Bryant. You know, it's just never going to be another Kobe Bryant. No, there will never be another Kobe Bryant. And <clears throat> here's the thing that people are doing with this whole Michael Jordan uh, last dance documentary. They're comparing just Michael Jordan LeBron, and they're not putting Kobe up there, which I understand. They need to put Kobe in the conversation. A lot of people, I get a lot of, you know, pushback from a lot of people about Mm. that. Like, they always talk about Michael and LeBron, Michael and LeBron. And it just seems like Kobe is always the odd man out. He's the third wheel. And it didn't really start to, you know, start getting Kobe back into these debates until he passed away. Even people that didn't really like Kobe that I used to, you know, debate with and talk to, you can kind of tell, like, they was kind of, you know, emotional and sad about his, you know, him leaving the way he did, the way he passed away. And I had a, a conversation with my brother and we had, you know, different, you know, talks about it because LeBron, he was a big time LeBron fan. Mm-hmm. And he would always, you know, tell me that LeBron was better than Kobe. And I was like, no, man, like, like, like there's no way that Kobe, you know, was um, not, you know, better than LeBron. Like, like, what are you talking about? Like, we've had, like, so many heated arguments, debates. He doesn't even want to talk to me about it anymore just because it's still fresh and nobody, you know, has really gotten over it. But I want to, you know, bring up another topic or whatever, and I wanted to know your your um, your feeling about it. Now, throughout most of LeBron's career, you know, I was one of the ones that didn't really, you know, particularly care for LeBron at all. And when we got him, they – instantly changed like I embraced him with open arms because we hadn't been to the championship since that 2010 campaign we haven't been to the playoffs since 2012 2013 season when Dwight Howard came and I don't even know what Dwight Howard did that first time but the second time we'll get into that he's been pretty good for us but how did you feel about us getting LeBron how did you feel about LeBron before and how are you feeling about him now um before he's a Laker um I'm gonna keep it real because I always do um, I didn't like him. It was because of the whole Kobe LeBron debate and I just like didn't like him. But once he came a Laker and embraced him and what really made me turn the corner on not hating LeBron is when he came back down three one versus Golden State. That's when I said, Okay, can't hate on LeBron anymore and I want to win this championship so bad because I wanna see Skip Bayless just be upset and sad because Skip Bayless disrespects LeBron every time he gets and I'm sick of it. I want LeBron to win a ring. So Skip Bayless can be quiet. 
And it's funny that you mentioned Skip Bayless because I listen to Skip Bayless and Shannon Shop almost every morning, and he's like the biggest LeBron hater. Like I, I think he's the president and CEO of the LeBron Hate Club. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like some of the things that he's be he be saying, even like when LeBron does really well, he always have to justify it with something that he did. Well, he had nine turnovers. He did this and he did that. I mean, like he just can't get a break with Skip Bayless at all. But you know Shannon Sharp, that's that's Shannon Sharp's guy. So he's always you know you know telling him you know about um, the good things that LeBron is doing you know within the community and things like that. You know I don't have any issues with LeBron anymore. Once he put that purple and gold uniform on, I was all sold in. He was our ticket to um, the playoffs, which we're in position to get to the playoffs this season. We got the addition of Anthony Davis, so we could make a big push. I think that we can take down the Clippers. I think we can. Um, if we have to get, you know, deal with Giannis in a six, seven game series, if we need, if, if we meet up with Giannis, because I think that's the strongest team in the, the Eastern Conference right now. I think that we've um, shown the blueprint of how we can beat both of these teams, which we have beaten both of these teams already. But the blueprint is out on on, on uh, Giannis because last year he was exposed um, when they played the Toronto because they, you know, built that that wall around him around the paint so he couldn't even enter the paint. So they challenged him to start shooting. And he's, you know, kind of progressed a little bit, but I still haven't seen enough to move the needle for them to be a lock for an uh, NBA championship this year. You know, maybe some other, you know, other time. But I feel like the Lakers, it's just, it's their time right now. We have to win right now. We have all the pieces. Um, I liked how Rob Palenka, you know, scrambled to put this team together after Kawhi Leonard left us high and dry. You know, I I don't know how you feel about that because I'm really I was really pissed off about that because I was like telling everybody we're gonna get Kawhi Leonard, we're gonna have AD, we're gonna have LeBron, we're gonna win the championship, and it's gonna be a good night. Like we're gonna have a lock on the league for the next five or six years. Like it's 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 over. And then when he spurned us, I woke up the next morning and I saw that you know he finally had made a decision, and he had that Clippers uniform on. I was like, man, I was man, I was so upset. It pissed me off. I can't even watch Kawhi Leonard play anymore. Like it like really pissed me off. So how did you feel about how our off season went us being able to, you know, get guys shape it up and then still uh, be number one in the West and also um, a strong candidate to win the NBA finals. Um, not surprising because uh, I knew this Laker front office was going to put the right pieces together. I knew Rob Linko was going to go for it. I know Jeannie Buss was going to go for it. Um, when we didn't get Kawhi, I was upset, but, um, we just had to move on quick, you know what I mean? And then we got Danny Green, and then we got Avery Bradley. We got all these great group of guys. And this Laker team is hungry, and here's a crazy thing. During that whole offseason, Lakers don't have any assets for Anthony Davis. Lakers don't have any assets. Boston's assets are more better. New York's assets are better. And then we ended up getting Anthony Davis for the assets that ESPN and the media was saying that we don't have. So what is it? it's just crazy how things are – Turn the corner for us, and AD is going to stay. And once he stays, it's going to be interesting to see who we're going to get after LeBron retires. That's that's what's exciting about keeping AD. You know, what pieces we can put around AD when LeBron leaves. Maybe KD. I was thinking about something like that. Man, a lot of people's going to want to come to L.A., man. I, I'm a, I'm a KD fan, low-key, man. I, I I don't know about you, but I like um, KD. <laughs> yeah, I'm, KD's cool, but me and him actually had beef on Instagram. Really? Yeah, because I told him, uh, told him he, when he was with the Warriors, I was like, "You ruined the season, bro." LOL. He's like, "I love you too." Oh man, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Why? Why'd you have to?" Uh, that's a sarcastic response. He's like, 
I got to respond if it's um, sarcastic. So I'm being sarcastic right back. I'm like, okay. But, and then he ended up blocking me on Instagram because I uh, was just going at him. He, me and him were going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. I, he's been known to kind of like go back and forth with, with fans and yeah. use burner accounts and things like that. And, you know, I, I like KD. I really yeah. do like KD. Yeah. I mean, a lot of – he's misunderstood. I like KD. Yeah, he is. KD's talented. If he was an injured man, I, if he was an injured ward, Brooklyn Beef, if KD was fully healthy with Kyrie, with this with that next team, how do you think they would be playing right now? If he wasn't injured, does he leave the Warriors? Oh, that's a – yeah, I think so because him and Draymond Green had beef. Even after they won the title? Yeah, and Draymond Green was talking about it um, on All the Smoke with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes saying that after KD won the first title, he didn't like – he felt different and won it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to another episode with uh, Draymond Green. I'm not, I don't know if you follow Uninterrupted. He was on there, and he was kind of breaking down the, the last dance. And he was basically um, – I did did a show about it, too, about him uh-huh. basically saying that um, KD should have um, let us know that he was going to leave or, you know, informed them about what – now, here's the thing here. From my understanding, KD was on vacation. He was vacationed, I believe it was somewhere in Malibu, I think. I'm not uh-huh. really much sure. But it was uh, Draymond, Steph, and Clay, And they came and interrupted his vacation to basically try to recruit him to Golden State. And, you know, because he was a free agent then. And they was begging him to come because they didn't know how to deal with LeBron. They had just lost the finals to LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they didn't know what they could do. And they knew KD would, could give me that necessary piece to make them unstoppable. So he ends up, um, you know, eventually signing with them, um, winning uh, two championships with them and had a great opportunity to win a third championship. But how can Draymond get on there and be upset with what KD did or didn't do um, in terms of not letting them know that he was going to leave? And and he called him out of his name. He called him, um, you know, called him the B word. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I seen the all go down. It was against Clippers. Um, like for me, if I was in that situation as an NBA player, um, if you want to leave, leave. I'm not going to go and beg you to st- stay on the team. If you don't want to be here, then I'm not going to go out of my way to stop you. If you want to leave, do your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and my thing is this. Like, it'd be good. It'd be it'd, – I, I want to hear your take. Don't you think that Draymond – Helped that that transition. Helped him with the way he would, you know, disrespect KD, getting in his face, you know, call him, you know, out his name like he did. Don't you think that the the organization should probably examine Draymond's role and the reason why they don't have KD anymore? Yeah, I agree. Cause I would always watch them play on TV over here where I stay at, and I just see KD and Draymond just have off chemistry. They would be arguing, yelling. And that calling somebody a B word is disrespectful. So maybe that kind of ended their um, teammateship and friendship too, because they were cool off the court too. And then I think if you call somebody a B word, that's highly disrespectful. So Katie's like, okay, if you want to call me that word, then I don't respect you anymore. And I just feel like KD just wanted a fresh start. And I agree, he's fresh start somewhere else, you know, do something different, you know? Now, Big Baby Jonathan, if anybody called you the B word, specifically that word, and they're your, your, your close friend, like, how would you feel? I would go off. I would probably say, don't talk to me like that. Don't disrespect me. Um, I'm I'm not that, though, so don't call me out my name, man. Like, we're, we should be home. We're friends. And, like, I would 
probably do what uh, Kevin Durant did and go off too, you know? Yeah, yeah, like they're 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 athletes, so they're they're professional athletes. Um and just to just to think like on our on our levels, how we would feel if that was us. I think KD handled it pretty well. You know, he he didn't he he even went out there and tried to risk his yeah, career. And I feel like he was turning like he turned the tide to the the championship just in that little like little brief window he came out there and played. He like made an impact that game five whenever he you know ripped off eleven straight points and they couldn't do anything with him. Like there's no way in the world the Raptors could have beaten a full strength Golden State Warriors team. Like yeah. nobody, I nobody, can, no analyst, nobody can actually sit here in my face and tell me that Toronto could have beaten that team. What do you think about that? Uh, the only person that would uh, have an argument with you would be Skip Bayless because he loves Kawhi. No, but um, yeah, man. It would be a. It would be a. It would be a. If Warriors were fully healthy, it'd be a sweep. Oh, if yeah. Warriors were fully healthy with Demarcus Cousins too. Fully, it would be four zero. Katie Price. I don't know if he'll still be in Golden State if they were to three P You know what? Like, what are your thoughts? If like, if KD would have won the championship last year, do you think he stays? For me, I think that it's really hard for an athlete to win a championship. And mm-hmm. then leave. Mm-hmm. You have to be some some kind of weird to do that. And Kawhi Leonard is that type of person that did did it this past season. He's the only one that I've actually you know like that that high profile of a superstar to just win championship. All right, I'm gonna sign somewhere else. But we all know that he did not want to be in Toronto. Okay, he well, was. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, LeBron, uh, David McManaman has a story on ESPN right now um, about that whole thing about canceling the season. LeBron says nobody I know wants to cancel the season. Yeah, I, that's what I've seen. I saw that that tweet that he had tweeted about that that he said that nobody that he knows um, was going to cancel the season or wanted to cancel the season. Yeah, I, I just and uh, the, there is breaking news right now. It's it's a sporting thing. A Little League World Series is canceled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's crazy, man, how the stuff that's going on in this world. It's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, that's my take on that. Like, for me, I, it, you know, I would, you know, try to def- you know, defend my – what you know, let, try to see if somebody could take what, you know, what I have. Like, I, I don't I – don't, I would want to try to defend it. But on the flip side of that, like, I understood why he left. Mm-hmm. Now, the – the the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think they're really even with Katie back in the fold and you know with Kyrie Irving, I think Irving, I think that that them two are just too combustible. Like I just think they're too unpredictable, um, the you know mentally to to coexist. KD is a is a is a is a great superstar. He's a scorer. You know he's gonna do everything that you you know ask him to do. But he's not a a, a leader of a team. He's not that. He he's not the vocal leader of a team. He's not gonna rally the guys if anything is down. Like he's not gonna do that. Um, and then you get Kyrie Irving, which is another another person that's like the worst leader. Look what he did with the Boston Celtics young core group of guys. Like they was ready to move on from him um, when he came back from injury. Like they was like a, a series away from winning um, that series against the the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, that one year, that last year that that uh, Cleveland went to uh, the finals, I believe. Well, no, that was two finals ago before they went to their last one. And 
the, the Boston Celtics, I believe, took them to seven games without Kyrie. Yeah, I remember that series. And Kevin Durant, I agree with you, is not like a vocal leader. I don't see him being a leader out there on the court. Same with Kyrie. Um, he even told Boston he's going to stay. He's like, I'm here to stay. And then during the season, oh, I'm not coming back. That's like, no, you don't see any great leaders do that, like Tim Duncan, Kobe. You know what I mean? LeBron's a leader, so you don't see him doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? He leads by example. Yeah, and and I, and like I said, like I I like KD, man. Like I I really um do, but I just don't see it fitting. I don't see it being you know being a match. You know they just lost their coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I think his coach really didn't want to even be there anyway. I think that's the report that was um, that was coming out. I did hear something about um our assistant coach Jason Kidd was thrown in there, but it's like a rumor. I don't know how. Um, true that is, but I, I don't believe any, in. I don't believe anything. I don't believe anything the media says about the Lakers anymore. Like they say, oh, because when we got speaking of that, when we got Frank Vogel, um, Stephen A. Smith was saying he's going to get fired in two years. It's Jason Kidd's job. Uh, Skate Bella said it's Jason Kidd's job. Everybody around the media was saying it's Jason Kidd's job. Um, and then look what happened. We're forty nine to fourteen. Frank Vogel's doing a tremendous job, and I feel like he should be in the running for Coach of the Year, man. He's changed our defensive mindset, man. I love what Frank Vogel's doing with this team, man. I agree. I think that um, for me, when we first got Frank Vogel after um, we fired Luke Walton, I was like, Frank Vogel? Really? Like, LeBron used to put foots in him every year. Every team he's ever been on, LeBron has given him so many problems, and we get the coach – that LeBron has tormented for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it just, I, how's this going to fit? Like, how's this going to work? How's he going to coach LeBron? He can't beat LeBron. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was on the fence about it. So, but then I started to see the coaching staff shaping up. We had got Lionel Hollins and then yeah. um, we also got Phil Handy. Um, and then, you know, Jason Kidd, like that coaching staff is stacked, man. Like we have, like all of them are former head coaches. And I was like, okay, it's shaping up pretty good. Like we don't have nowhere to go, but up because we haven't been to the playoffs for six years. So man, I think the front office did a tremendous job, man. Mm-hmm. Like I was really um, upset with Rob Plinka last year. Um, I think that he was one of the ones that forced Magic Johnson out, but thinking about it now, we really didn't need Magic Johnson. He's trash as an executive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I totally agree with the, about the Magic thing. I feel like Magic Johnson's just too old school and keeps it real, and he just feel like wanted to be in like the media every time. You know, he'll say something, we'll get in the media. When he says something about Kumpo, gets fined. Says something about Paul George, gets fined. It's like be quiet. And what, to be honest, all the, he Lakers were in the media almost every day when he was in the office. When he leaves, we're not in the media anymore. We are, but not to a certain extent. The front office is doing a great job of not telling certain people around the league certain stories because they might try to twist it and turn it. So they give people that they trust, you know? So I, I already knew that uh, Rob Plinka's thing, he made a mistake with the whole getting Magic Johnson out. He learned from it. He got better from it. And this front office has been better. With the whole Jim Bush, Mr. Kupchak, I'm glad they're gone. I'm glad Jeannie Buss fired the brother. And Jeannie Buss is doing a wonderful job. You know, I know the Lakers got that $4.6 million loan. You know, if you, did you hear about that? I did. I think they gave it back, though. Yeah, they gave it back, and Clipper Daryl and Marcel Swallow are making fun of us. And they took the money, got some advice, and gave it back. So why, what's, the, what's the issue about 
borrowing that much money for small businesses. And then when we give it back, it's like we get made fun of like the media just likes to bag on the Lakers, but I'm okay. Um, it's okay. Uh, that's what comes with being a part of the greatest franchise, you know, as a fan. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're really going to eat that whenever we get this season back going, because LeBron is on a mission. Like if you've seen this guy's Instagram workouts, man, he's on a mission. Like he hasn't turned that, that, that momentum off. Now, the only thing is I want to see how his teammates are, you know, kind of, you know, what are they doing to, you know, stay engaged and stay involved. But LeBron is on a mission. Like, it's championship or nothing. And a lot of people thought that when he came to L.A. that he was going to turn off that hunger and that intensity that he, you know, had on all his other teams. Like, he's more uh, doing this as a business move, a transition to retirement. You know, you heard all the, the the different, you know, backlash about him, you know, signing with the L.A. Lakers and being in L.A. and having, you know, business ventures and, you know, being in movies and, you know, pushing his uh, other projects and things like that. But LeBron was averaging 27-7-7 and mm-hmm. at, 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 at um, year 17. Like, who's, who, who's done that? Year 17, like, he's doing things that, People are not doing um, now, currently, mm-hmm. at you know, at his age. Yeah, it just shows you the work ethic of LeBron. And when he did come, I did hear about that in the media. But that first year, it was like a uh, – what was it called? He's coming back from three straight finals. And that was just like a – what's it called? In a, just a wasted season. That's why I look at it, you know. And then this year – He's more focused, and I feel like him. And, I feel like Kobe embracing LeBron as a Laker. I feel like that changed it to be more hungry, just like Kobe. You know, once Kobe passed away, he's like, I'm gonna. You just, I just see a different attitude in LeBron. Like I see more fight in him, hunger, passion. When he's first year with the Lakers, he didn't have that, but now he does. He's more motivated. I do see his Instagram workouts. He's starting. He did look like he's getting more toned up, and I'm excited, man. Hopefully, the season comes back. We find out May eighth. Man, I'm excited if it does come back. I don't care if there's no fans. I don't care if there's no cheerleaders. No, none of that. If it's basketball on. And that's the other thing, too, I want to ask you. If the NBA season does come back, how is the like commentators going to commentate? Are they going to commentate from different arenas, different parts of the like arena or somewhere else? Like, How, how do you think that's going to be handled? I did th- see that they have like put in some restrictions uh, about the practices or whatever. They haven't really been forthcoming about uh, what – they're going to see whenever the season starts because they're still uh, on the bubble about Mm -hmm. um, is there going to be a season anyway? They haven't really confirmed what they're going to resume the season. Like we've been hearing like rumors about it's going to be on, it's going to be off. Mm -hmm. But I I think the the way the work is, because if you think about the announcers, they don't have to directly sit next to each other like that. Like that scores table is pretty large for them to be able to extend six feet from each other to be able to call the game. And, you know, they should have, like, a little area where they isolate the media members, like, whenever they're on, you know, breaking, really have it in a controlled environment. It's going to be easy to do, I think, because the arena is so large. They're not going to have to worry about the extra people being there. So it's going to be really easy to be able to uh, figure out the logistics behind this. It's just one of these things where they're going to have to sit down and, you know, try to, you know, come up with something to salvage salvage this season. But you already know, like, as soon as they get back, they're going to be um, in playoff mode. They're going to basically uh, probably going to end up starting the playoffs. They're not going to resume the season. They're going to start the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I, I, I would want them to, you know, have 
training, some kind of training beforehand to, to get them started with that. But I don't know exactly, um, you know, if, like I said, California is going to be able to loosen their restrictions enough for them to be able to, to do that. Because even with the, the restrictions of them going to the facility, what's what I heard is going to be no more than four people in the facility at one time. Uh-huh. And no assistant coaches or head coaches are allowed to be a part of it. And they can't run scrimmages. Basically, just everybody can just shoot around, basically. Pretty much. And that's okay. Get their win back going. And here's the thing. if Let's say May, May 15th, everything's good to go for California. I feel like they should just have the, that May 15th as a little bit of a training camp and then start the season or start their uh, pre – not preseason, postseason – June 1st until August or, or June to August to have the playoffs. That's how I would do it. No July to August. I want to do June to August, I guess. Or Yeah. Or whatever how long the playoffs are. Yeah, that's going to put us right in the middle of uh, what would have been free agency. It's it's fine. Start the season on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I wish there was some kind of way that we was connected to the league or something like that and just give them, like, ideas or whatever. Because I got a lot of ideas for this, like – me too. Like, I'm just ready to see the the like. I, I guess I'm biased, man, because I I want to see them finish the season for Kobe, man. Like that was my main thing. Like even when he when he passed away, I said like y'all have to do this. Like no, you know, messing around. Y'all have to do this. LeBron's in the 17th season, and exactly. then Lake and then Lakers win their 17th championship. I mean, right there, we I think. That would tie us, Boston Celtics. Finally, we would tie them. So yep. one more title would be, will will finally beat them out. And then the San Diego Clippers would be uh, nowhere to be found because they're uh, potentially going to beat the Lakers in the West Conference Finals. That's what everybody's saying. But when we ma- I got that's what I was going to bring up. When we matched up with the Clippers, we had size against them, and Anthony Davis wasn't soft that game. The first two games, he was shooting too many threes, and he got in the post and went to work. And uh, Lou Williams is a liability on defense. Every time – Whoever was guarding Lou Williams would go over to LeBron and do some type of switch, and then Lou Williams would have to guard LeBron, and LeBron would go by him and lay up and one. Some type of that, they took out Lou Williams and put Morris back in, and and Kawhi didn't do much down the stretch. LeBron did some timely good shots down the stretch, took over, you know. He hears hears Skate Bayless talking, I believe. I feel like he watches him. That's how I feel. Every time he talks mess about LeBron, LeBron has a good performance, good performance, you know. And of Skibbe course, he probably quiet. hears him. He probably hears him like it, it, he can't. Like they, they're in California, so he has to be in, been connected yeah. to hearing something he's saying. And then Shannon Sharp is his boy, so I'm pretty sure that Shannon's probably talking to him some kind of way. Yeah. But but the thing about um, Lou Williams, on the flip side, you're right about that. He didn't really play a lot of defense when he played for us either. And then he gets to the Clippers. But one thing about Lou Williams, like he can start, like he can play, mm-hmm. like he can mm-hmm. fill it up, he can get hot. Like Lou Williams yeah. can. Go out there and get you 40 points if need be. Mm-hmm. Like Lou Williams can score. And I was really, really upset with Magic when we when he got rid of Lou Williams. Really upset when they got rid of Brooke Lopez. And like I was just like really like puzzled by some of the things that Magic did. Now, the one thing that I do understand, a lot of people will probably look at me like I'm crazy, the D'Angelo Russell thing, but he had to go. Yeah, he snit. Yeah, <laughs> he, I agree. He, he had to go, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't do that. You can't snitch with stuff like that, you know. So it's crazy. But yeah, with the Brooke Lopez and Lou Williams, a lot of Laker fans were upset, but I understood it. They were trying to clear cap space to go for LeBron. It that and then they got the Kyle Kuzma pick. 
and we did all this good stuff, and everybody's talking about Magic Johnson deserves credit for ADB in there. I agree, he did the moves, but uh, Rob Plink was the one that traded Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and those three picks for AD, you know? That's how I feel about it. And then if you think about it, that was the same dra- I mean, a trade package they put together for Dale Demps at the All-Star break last year. Yep. Like, I think Zubak was in that one. I remember I saw something about Zubak. I saw uh, – who else did I see on there? I saw uh, some other players that are not on the team anymore. Kuzma was too. Yeah, Kuzma. And I think I think if the Lakers would have done that trade, I feel like we would AD or not AD LeBron got injured in Christmas that year with this groin. Yeah, we, if we would have done that trade, I feel like we would have still missed the playoffs. We would have missed the playoffs yeah. for sure because I think that that game that we played against the Nets, we could have that was our game to be able to. Uh, I remember watching this game. And that's why I remember it so vividly. That um, game that we played against the Nets, they officially put us out the playoffs last year. Yeah, I remember we, that. We lost to them, and I was really upset. And I was like, "Wow, you know, I guess the season's over now." But even like before LeBron had got hurt, like they was fourth in the West, like they yeah. was they was moving towards the playoffs. Like we could have done something, but if he hadn't got hurt, they was they was doing pretty good. Then Lonzo got hurt last year; he couldn't stay healthy. I was like, "Man, like it's it's those big baller brand shoes, man." Yeah, them shoes, man. Like I, yeah. it, I don't He's know about Nation now. Oh yeah, oh that's that's a good pickup for them. Yeah, and for yeah. him too. That's good for them. I'm All glad, I'm, brothers. I'm really glad that he's finally like kind of breaking away from his dad. His dad was yeah. so annoying to me. Yep, me too. Like it's just crazy. Like you could like if I had a son, I'd I would be praising him, but I wouldn't be talking mess like, Oh, my son's better than Stephen Curry. My son's better than this. I'm better than Michael Jordan. No, you got to be humble, you know. And it's like Lonzo had enough of it. I think the whole uh, big baller brand scandal was the other guy, Alan Foster, I believe his name was. Yeah, it's like after that happened, I feel like Alonzo Ball lost a little bit of trust with his dad and business. Well, I don't know if you watch Ball in the Family, their show yeah, on I Facebook. Do. Yeah, I do. Uh, I watch it. I love that, that was, show. There was one episode um, that right before he went to the Pelicans, he was talking to his dad about restructuring the uh, image of Big Baller Brand. Uh-huh. And his dad um, was basically saying that he wants to restart it, and you know he has all these crazy ideas about restarting. And then um, Lonzo was saying something about changing the the name or changing the um, you know the way it was the name or whatever. Lonzo the, the the money really, and his dad was like, "No, nah, we're not doing that. We're not gonna do that." You know, and he was like, "F that. We're not gonna do that." And then Lonzo mm-hmm. kind of like be quiet and didn't say anything. So I was thinking like from my standpoint or whatever. Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna disrespect my dad because that's my dad, but mm-hmm. I'm out, and you okay. can just tell. Yeah, I saw I saw the argument, and like Alonzo Ball is not the type of person to argue. He just keeps things quiet and keeps it moving, you know. And I'm happy for Le, uh, Alonzo Ball from shine, shining in Pelicans. I knew Alonzo Ball was going to be playing really good. It just took him a different time, or it took him a little bit to develop his game, and he's developed his game tremendously. Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart still, I feel like he has improved a tiny bit, but Brandon Ingram and Alonzo Ball improved big time. Well, uh, Brandon Ingram made the All-Star game, and I was yep. really surprised um, how his game came because we had him for a while, you know, drafting him out of Duke um, with the second pick, I think, uh, back in 2015, I think, 15 or 16. Because Brandon Ingram didn't play with Kobe. So I think it was after the, the, um, the Kobe season, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. I got to go look. I believe so. 
because I think we, we, uh, the the last you know draft picks that they played with cover was uh, Julius Randle. Um, also, um, D'Angelo Russell was there. So that following year, um, that's when we had got uh, Bi, and then the next year after that, we got Kuzma. Yeah, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah. They didn't play with Kobe. No, nah, it's crazy. But a lot of people I talk to say that pl- uh, certain players are on LeBron's team. They improve once they leave LeBron. Is that true? Do you see that or no? No, I I definitely don't. Like, what happened to Chris Bosh? What happened to D Wade? What happened to Kevin Love? Mm-hmm. I mean, like Mario Chalmers. Where is he at right now? He's overseas. Actually, I mean, he's at, overseas, probably out of the league right now. Not in the but league. Yeah, not like, in the league. Like, I mean, do you want me to continue? <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Like that's not true at all. Like who else? Yeah. Like who? Like who's the, who's who's striving after they play with LeBron? Like that doesn't make any sense. Now yeah. before they probably was was you know pretty decent. It seemed like when they after they play with LeBron, that's when they're not that good anymore. Because you know Kevin Love is a prime example. You know Kevin Love can go out there and get you twenty points, twenty rebounds when he played with t- the Timberwolves, and then he get with LeBron. You know he's not even even close to being that. And then even. Yeah even far from that, even after that. And they end up giving him this massive contract and then they try to move him and then they ain't getting no momentum to even move him. Now he's stuck with it. And yeah. got these young guys catching okay. lives over him, catching bodies on uh, Kevin Love. Now he don't even know how to defend anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that on YouTube a couple of nights ago. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I don't agree with that either. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't agree with that. Last topic. Last topic. It's going to be the um, ending of the show after this. Okay. I want to get your take on this. Now, with the direction that's going on right now, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, do you think we're here with Magic Johnson? And how did you feel about when Magic Johnson just abruptly just stepped down out of nowhere before a game? Um, if you, you think we're here with Matt, what, if Magic Johnson was still in the front office, I'd yeah, probably... Do you, yeah, do you think we're here? I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to keep it over 100. I'm going to say no because I, I just feel like Matt Johnson was doing too much in the media, saying saying stuff. He should have keep be quiet behind the scenes. He just wanted to talk and express what's going on, but you can't do that as an executive. you got to keep things in-house. And I don't know. I just feel like Matt Johnson is not a good executive. It's a prime example. Like a lot of it – I don't know, man. That's, a, that's actually a good question. That's actually a tough one, but it's tough, man. So what are your thoughts about that? For me, I'm kind of with you on that. You know, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that because I think that even after Magic Johnson departed us and they was kind of using him as like the, you know, Laker ambassador because Magic has this charisma about him. Like he has this, this uh, allure that people want to talk to him. People want to be around him because he has that charisma. And I think, that charisma, that same charisma that made Magic Magic ended up screwing us out of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I think that we could have got Kawhi if he just would have shut up. Yep, I agree. I totally agree with that one, man. I, I just think, like, the only team that didn't say anything about Kawhi meeting with them was the Clippers. And, yep. and, and Kawhi's main thing that – he wanted teams not to do was to talk about their meetings. And the first thing out of Magic's mouth, yeah, we had a great meeting. Um, I think that he's going to do that. I think, shut up. You are screwing this up. Because they made it clear 
that they didn't want this to get out. They didn't want no people and teams to know their conversation, what they was talking about, what, what they was doing. They wanted this to be on the hush hush. And for Magic to leak those conversations to say, yeah, I talked to him after I got out of church or whatever. Nobody cares about that. Like, and then when he signed with the Clippers, I was like, wow. Like, he just took the rug right off from under. They had already had the deal in place for Paul George. They got a king ransom of draft picks that they sent over to the Oklahoma City Thunder um, to even acquire Paul George because he was only in the second year of that contract that he just signed. So I'm like scratching my head. How in the hell did they pull that off? How in the hell did they have all those draft picks? And they're going to have draft picks all the way up until like I think to 2026 because they end up getting more draft picks from the Westbrook trade. Mm. So they're so going to the, be set up the, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're still with that with all that going on, losing Westbrook, losing Paul George, are still sitting in playoff contention with Chris Paul uh, and Shea Gilkers. Mm. Yeah, that shows uh, the effects of building. Uh, go just restart and rebuild. You know, Chris Paul's over there; they're doing a good job. Alexander's talented, you know, very talented. And I feel like I feel like the Thunder are gonna do some more moves in the offseason, man. Trades that they have a bunch of picks, they can put them to use. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really, honestly, right now, I still don't think they're gonna do it because they're not gonna recreate that magic that they had. Like, if you think about that team that they had when they went to the finals the first time, and the team they had Westbrook, they had Durant, they had Serge Ibaka. Mm-hmm. Like, you not going like I don't know how in the world they end up screwing that. How do you not win a championship with all of that? Any experience in the playoffs, I guess we can say. That's how I look at it. And they picked uh, they picked Serge Ibaka over James Harden. That's how I feel. They should have gave James Harden the money. They should. I mean, he was six man of the year, and then he ended yeah. up blowing up in Houston. Like yeah. you didn't even see that coming. Like, I mean, I don't like James. I don't really too much care for James Harden's game because I I just don't. I just. And I don't like how Houston Rockets run their basketball organization. I never have like that Dan Tony philosophy, man. Like. None of his team play any defense. It's like that fast seven second offense. I hate it. Yeah, my my, my boy Chad Parker that lives in Texas. He says the same thing about James Harden. Doesn't like his game. You know, he, he predicts his James Harden's game. Uh, he always predicts his, his game. And and Kobe said it best. That offense won't win you a championship. No, no, not absolutely not. Have no. Nope. Dan Tony ever even sniffed the championship opportunity? Yeah. Western Conference Finals versus us, but we beat him. Yeah, actually, no, 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 no. no. I think uh, Alvin Gentry was on that team. Yeah, Alvin Gentry was a coach that year. And I'm then um, they, they, they couldn't get past um, Golden State. Yep. And then what happened, you know, like this year, it's wide open for them to finally, you know, get somewhere. And then they end up doing a bonehead move by getting rid of Capella. And it worked for a little bit. It worked for a little bit. If you think about the season, like it worked for a little bit. That small ball lineup yep. where they was running um, um, their 6'5 center. And they had like these, like these guys. They smiled. I was like they even beat us like that. I was like, I was, a, I was actually at that game when I, I was actually at that game. Robin Covington played, and the AD could have had thirty points or forty points that game, but we just didn't. We just didn't go to it, and it worked that one game. And the media ran with it and said, "Oh, it works now because they beat the Lakers." And then they finally got exposed. And then, like, if they meet us in the playoffs, if the season does come back, let's say. Houston beats the Clippers, and we meet them in the West Conference Finals. Lakers would exploit them easy. 
AD would go off, Javon McGee would get rebounds, Dwight Howard would be playing really well. Like he always has, but AD would average have to average 30 that series. Easy. Now, I did say this was the last topic. I had one more. Yes, yeah, fine. So what do you think about them letting Boogie go like that? And what do you think about this Morris twin in return for it? Um, I, I, liked, I liked it because I feel like Cousins wasn't going to come back. I feel like they were just being optimistic and just saying the right things. But we cut him, got the Morris. I always get their name. Is, is it Markeith Morris or Marcus? We, we got yeah. Markeith. We got Markeith Morris. Yeah, Markeith Morris. And he's been playing well with us, defense hustle. And I feel like we have a deal with Cousins on the low, wink, wink, saying we're going to resign you once free agency starts. So we're going to cut you and stay, stay, stay around Lakers. I did hear that as well. Big Baby Jonathan, I really um, appreciate you stopping by the show today, man, doing the show. Um, it's always good to talk Lakers, man. I could sit here and talk Lakers all day long. Yeah, me too, man. But like, I got another podcast at 3.30 West Coast time, so I got to study for that one too. So, I mean, like I said, I'm really um, appreciative that you even got on my show, man. Um, good luck to your um, your uh, podcast tomorrow with um, uh, Clipper Adaro. Uh-huh. I'm going to definitely be tuned in to that. Uh, but before we go, go ahead and tell everybody how they can get in contact with you, how they can follow you and your podcast. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Big Baby Jonathan. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Big Baby Jonathan um, underscore. And Instagram, Big Baby Jonathan. Facebook, Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast Show. Like the post, share the post, and you know, keep in contact. And I love what I do, man. I really do. I'm very passionate. There you go, man. Thank you again, Big Baby Jonathan. And that's our end of our show. Thank you for listening to us, and we're out. Hold on, before we end the show, I have to give a shout out to my boys. They've been working on some new music, and I had to add it into my show. Check it out. The shooters gon' go when I say so Why you dissing, you know this a no-no Hear the nigga in his back with that chrome chrome You trash, but you still making songs though But your girl on my dance is a low bro uh-huh. You say you're a shooter with airsoft uh-huh. Hear the nigga and knock his whole leg uh-huh. off I'm a big dog, and you niggas so You my son, the nigga go clean the house uh-huh. I'ma say when we then knock him off Yeah, yeah I tell my brother go get the drape though uh-huh. The shooters gon' go when I say so uh-huh. If you love the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent.
They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.